Welcome to the first episode of Death by TBR podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, um, and I am real new to the podcast game. So give me a little bit of grace and credit here. Um, First things first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about me. So I am 29 years old. Um, I currently live in Virginia, but my husband is active duty military and in about looks at watch um, in about what's today. Today's December 7th when I'm recording this. So in 19 days, excuse me, in 19 days, we move to um, Fort Stewart, Georgia. So we are going to probably be in Georgia for a couple of years and then moving again. But, you know, it's just one of those things, one of those things you have to put up with as a, a active duty army spouse. Um, my husband and I are high school sweethearts. We started dating when I was 13 and we separated for six and a half years and reconnected over Snapchat uh, in 2016, I want to say. Oh, Lordy. Yeah, 2016 because we got married in 2017. <laughs> so we reconnected over Snapchat, got married six months later. And the rest is history. We also have a three-year-old. We run a zoo around here. We have three cats and a dog who is special in his own breed. Um, one of our cats has epilepsy and the dog has an autoimmune disorder. So we've always got something crazy going on around here. I have been a very avid reader since I was very young. I have always loved to read. My mom will tell you when I was a kid that I used to pretend to read books to my little brother even though he couldn't understand them and I didn't know what I was reading. So I've always loved to read. I've always read at a very high level of reading. I need to retest my reading speed, but when I was tested as a kid in elementary and middle school, I read at a speed reader um, level. So I find that reading is my way to kind of escape from reality and just shut my mind off. I suffer from anxiety and depression. So a lot of times I have a hard time shutting my brain off to be able to just relax. And reading is that way that I can relax. And I took a huge break from reading from like 2011 till I would say... 2021. <laughs> I know it's like a 10 year gap, but we had a lot going on. I graduated high school, started college, um, then married my husband, had a baby in 2019. And it's just reading kind of took a back burner. Um, and then when 2000, um, 2021 hit, I picked up a book and said, you know what, I'm going to get back into reading. This is something I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, I don't really have a ton of free time, but I'm going to make the free time for it. So I am behind on a lot of series, uh, which will be a common thread in this podcast as some of my five-star reads from 2022 are books you've probably already read or probably read as they were releasing if you're an avid reader. So I pulled all of my five-star reads <clears throat> excuse me, 
for 2022 to go over with you guys and tell you guys what my five-star reads were. Um, to give you guys a little bit of understanding, I am very picky about what I consider a five-star read. I am hypercritical of novels because I need to be able to connect with it. I need to be able to immerse myself in it. And really it has to captivate my attention. So there are a lot of like book talk books that I don't find thrilling <laughs> or couldn't get into um, and did not make my top list. Um, and we'll talk about in another episode, we'll talk about book talk books that didn't captivate me or book talk books that I didn't think were really that good or book talk books I DNF'd, which if you don't know what DNF stands for, it's did not finish. So today we're going to talk about my five star reads for 2022. <clears throat> I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten five star reads for 2022, which some of them are series, um, which I don't have the complete series in front of me. I do have all of the books in front of me to remind myself of what the book, um, what book it was and so that I can go in order. So we'll start with one of my absolute favorite novels that is a reread for me for 2022. I restarted my reading journey with this book and this book is called Crank by Ellen Hopkins. It follows a girl, Christina, who is always a gifted student, but fell into a life riddled with drugs. And it goes into a lot of really tough themes, which is a, a common thread in all of Ellen Hopkins's books about her spiral into addiction, how it affected her, how it affected her relationship with others, how it affected a relationship with her family, and how addiction really just gripped a hold of her and couldn't let go. Crank is the first in a series. I think it's a trilogy. Crank glass and there's another one um <clears throat> but it's a wonderful novel and it's written in free verse poetry so it's very easy to read it is a thick novel I'm looking at how many pages it is right now for y'all um it is 537 pages, but some pages only have like 20 words on them because it's written in free verse poetry. My copy of this book is so worn and yellowed and written in and highlighted because this book is literally the book and Ellen Hopkins is one of the authors that got me really heavy into reading and wanting to write. Um, when I was in high school and took creative writing, I did a lot of emulating Ellen Hopkins's writing style and writing about very tough topics. I actually wrote a short story on opioid addiction and wrote a lot of very controversial themes. So Ellen Hopkins is definitely one of those authors that molded me as a writer and molded me um, as a reader as well. I kind of seek out this high after reading Crank, which coincidentally, it is about drug addiction. Um, but I seek out this emotional damage high. And Ellen Hopkins really offers that in her novels because 
they tackle some of those really tough subjects like the Mormon community that she has a book called Burned that is um, about a Mormon girl who is looking to rebel against her parents. Um, she has a novel that's about identical twins and their um, relationships with each other and their relationships with themselves. There's a book about sex trafficking. There's a book about eating disorders. There is a book about pretty much every type of tough subject that you could broach. Ellen Hopkins has it. So Crank is one of my number one books of all time and it I reread it in 2022 and it will always be a five-star read for me. It's just such a simple like kickoff for me to get back into reading. So Crank by Ellen Hopkins is definitely a, a five-star for me. Um, another one that <clears throat> is going to be a five-star series for me is um, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. So Sarah J. Mass should just take all of the money for my therapy bills and send it to me. Um, because <laughs> um, Sarah J. Mass literally breaks me with her novels and how amazing of an author she is. She is so great at world building, so great at character, um, at character redemptions, at character flaws, at making sure that these characters come to life. And A Court of Thorns and Roses, the series, is a five-star series for me. Hands down, five-star series. After I finished Akatar, I literally made it my entire being. Like, I cannot tell you how much Akatar. I'm literally wearing a shirt that says, To the Stars Who Listen and the Dreams That Answer. Um, Akatar has my heart with how much this story captivated me. I read the entire series of books that are currently out for Akatar because, as anybody who's a Sarah J. Mass fan knows, we're waiting on Akatar 6 to come out. Um, but I read the entire series in a week. And these books are not tiny. The smallest one is A Court of Frost and Starlight, which is the novella. But the first book, A Court of Thorns and Roses, is 419 pages. So these are not small books. Um, I will say that out of all of them, A Court of Silver Flames will be forever my love. We will talk in another episode. I know I'm, I keep telling you guys, in another episode, in another episode. <clears throat> But I want to make sure that I don't stray from my five-star reads of 2022 in this episode and start talking about the bajillions of other things I want to talk about with books. But um, I will talk in another episode about A Court of Silver Flames and how it shaped my love for Cassian and how the characters just captivated me and each one of them has their own little quirks and Cast Daddy and Asriel and all of my my wonderful book boyfriends and of Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, but if you have not already read Akatar, um, don't look at how thick the books are. They are thick, but they go quick. Um, to give you a little synopsis, if you haven't read Akatar, it is the original story, A Court of Thorns and Roses, is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. It follows Feyre, who is a human, uh, living in the human human realm, and she kills a 
wolf in the woods because she is out hunting to feed her family. Her father is disabled, unable to hunt for their family. She has two sisters who she has to feed and her father and herself. So she's always kind of been the breadwinner. She kills a wolf in the forest and does not realize that that wolf is actually a fairy or a fae as they like to call them. And she is then bound by this requirement to fulfill this life for a life to the fae Tamlin who comes to claim this requirement I guess is the easiest way to explain it um, and Tamlin comes and tells her that he'll spare her life but she has to come live with him in his realm which is the spring court in Prithian or Prithian, however you want to pronounce it. Um, and she accepts, begrudgingly accepts and leaves behind her family with the promise that Tamlin will always take care of them and make sure that they are fed enough and they have somewhere to live and so on and so forth. And she moves in with Tamlin in this fey world. So she is not fey. She, is, she has no magical powers. She's human. And moves into this fey world and is just kind of catapulted into this strange world full of beautiful people and beautiful creatures and is just enamored by all of it. And she falls in love with Tamlin and there are so many different things that happen and I'm trying to go, I'm trying to broach this book very lightly because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody who hasn't already read it. But like I said, it is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, loose retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Um, and it is a five book series currently. There are more books coming out in this series, but Sarah J Mass needs to write faster and I need it done. So A Court of Thorns and Roses, definitely five star. My next five star series is oh this series literally ruined me this is the Ravenhood trilogy it is by Kate Stewart starts with the book flock um, then goes the second book is called Exodus and the third book is called finish line if you are into spicy novels or smut books um, this is the novel that got me this trilogy is the trilogy that really got me into smut books um and it will always like I'm tearing up thinking about it right now but it will always have a huge place in my heart because it was one of the first novels that I genuinely sobbed through this trilogy um captivated me and just absolutely ruined my emotions and the emotional damage that came out of it so Flock for me, the number one, the first book was not a five-star novel. Flock for me, I think I gave three stars because it didn't captivate me enough to want to keep reading. But I heard so many good things about the Ravenhood trilogy that I kept going and said, you know what? I didn't hate this book. I didn't particularly love it. It wasn't on my top list, but I have heard that this trilogy is so amazing and so emotionally damaging that I'm going to keep reading. Cue to Exodus. Okay, Exodus is the second book in this trilogy. And Exodus literally ripped my heart out, stomped it on the ground, made me hate rainy days, and just makes me want to cry thinking about it. 
Exodus is such an emotional novel for so many different reasons. And one of those reasons is because Flock created this need to love these main characters so much that when you get into Exodus and there are things that happen in Exodus that you feel the feelings that the main character in Flock, um, I'm pretty sure her name was Cecilia if I'm not mistaken. I am looking really quickly. Yeah, Cecilia. Um, but the main character, you feel the emotions as Cecilia is feeling them. And it literally just wrenched my heart out. So I would say Exodus for me is a five-star book. Um, Flock was not a five-star. And the third one, The Finish Line, was not a five-star either. Um, but Exodus this is a work of art in novel form. It, I just, I can't explain to you how much it gripped me, how much it ripped my heart out. These books are in pristine condition because I couldn't even bring myself to break the spines on them, which trigger, trigger warning, I'm a spine breaker on my novels. Um, but I just, I couldn't, they're such an amazing trilogy. Kate Stewart did an amazing job writing them. Um, and to give you a little bit of an idea of what the story is about, it is about Cecilia, who was told by her father, who she has no relationship with, that if she came and lived in, I think it's called Triple Falls is the name of the, um, the community or the town that she moves to. Anyways, um... If she comes and lives for one whole year with him to form a relationship, he will give her her inheritance. He will give her this huge sum of money that would set her up so well for her future to be able to do whatever it is she wants. She has to work for him in his factory. Um, and in the first day in her orientation at this factory, she meets Sean. And Sean brings her into a world that is so far different from any world that she has ever experienced or ever been a part of and brings her into a world um, of the Ravenhood. And it's a really, it's almost a retelling of the Robin Hood um, story, but with hot guys, fast cars, sex, and Oh, it's just amazing. But you fall so heavily in love with Sean and his Ravenhood brother, Dominic, and their love for Cecilia and how their dynamic is just so beautiful. Um, I will say ahead of time, this is a very sexually heavy novel and trilogy. Um, so forewarning on that, if you're not into smut novels, this does have some very risque scenes in it, but Exodus left me so broken that I was literally hung over after finishing this trilogy. So Flock, Exodus, and Finish Line are the Ravenhood trilogy by Kate Stewart. Definitely five stars. Next, let's go on to some of my standalones. So we finished all of my series. Next are my standalones. 
Um, my next novel that I read in 2022 that was a five-star novel, I actually read as an alpha reader. I did not read it as an ARC. I did not read it as a beta reader. I was the first person to read this novel before it ever went to um, editing and publishing. And it is April Renegade by B.G. Wolf. So I actually went to college with B.G. Wolf. We went to, um, we had creative writing class together. She is an amazing author. I think that her Anything she writes, if she wrote a grocery list, I would read it. But she wrote this novel. This is her debut novel and self-published it. And it's called April Renegade. And it follows Ash Lansing and Drew Dawson, who are rock stars. But <clears throat> what you don't know until you get into the story, and this does no spoiler warnings, I promise. What you don't know until you get into the story is that Ash is gay and he is in love with Drew but Ash is dating and engaged to a woman so it does have some trigger warnings I will let you know um it has and BG Wolf make sure to put in here that there are trigger warnings on the first page. She puts notes to the readers, warnings and reader advisory. This is a male-male romance. So um, anybody who's not into male-male romance, this was my first male-male romance. Um, if you read Red, White, and Royal Blue, that's also a male-male romance. So you shouldn't have any issues with this. Um, and what I will say about these trigger warnings is just kind of keep them in the back of your mind, but give it a chance because while you may not love some of the content, the love story between Ash and Drew is just absolutely phenomenally written and breaks my heart every time I read this novel. Uh, but some of the trigger warnings and possible content are it does it is a smutty book. It does have sexual themes in it. It does have some recreational drug use. There is recreational drug use of marijuana. Um, it does have drug and alcohol abuse, which is mostly off page. So you don't have to it doesn't go into detail on that one. There is cheating in the novel. As I said, Ash is with a woman. So um, you do see that um, more and more in the novel, which is most people's, like, I will not read a book that has cheating. Um, <clears throat> but if you know anything about the LGBTQ plus community and how tough it is for some people to come out um, to those around them, uh, it makes it much easier to read through the cheating because while it's not just, it doesn't justify it, it makes it easier to read through it because you kind of feel in your heart why he's doing it. Um, but anyways, doesn't justify it. Um, and then one of BG's biggest things is, is that she writes relatable characters who do suffer from mental illnesses. Um, most of them have some sort of generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, depression, anxiety, and panic attacks, so on and so forth. Um, so it is just an amazing novel. It's a romance novel for sure. Follows Ash and Drew who are working towards trying to be together. Um, Ash has been in this long-term relationship and, um, just can't find it in his heart to come out to those around him and it it's a great coming of age novel a great coming out story um and about the 
trials and tribulations of a gay couple in the limelight of stardom. So wonderful novel. If you haven't um, read April Renegade yet, make sure you read that. It is on Kindle Unlimited as well as Kindle and available in paperback on Amazon. So wonderful novel. My next five star read um, is Neon Gods. So anything Katie Robert writes is literally the best. Literally just she's an amazing author. Um, <clears throat> she writes such beautiful retellings of things and I'm still working through most of Katie Roberts's novels but Neon Gods was the first of hers that I read and then I read Electric Idol and I'm getting ready to start Wicked Beauty but Neon Gods is a Hades and Persephone retelling. Fair warning, content warning, it is extremely muddy. It's extremely spicy. Um, it deals with some very, very kinky stuff. So Neon Gods was a five-star read for me. I had not read a Hades and Persephone retelling until I read Katie Roberts, and it has ruined me for every single Hades and Persephone retelling ever since. Katie Roberts is her... Neon God's retelling of Hades and Persephone is top tier. It is God tier for novels, I will say. It is amazing. So if you haven't read Neon Gods yet or Electric Idol, um, the Dark Olympus series you can read individually. I do suggest starting with Neon Gods, going to Electric Idol, and then moving to Wicked Beauty and reading them in the order of release. But they are primarily standalone novels. They're not a series. They're standalone novels that follow the same theme of being retellings of some of your favorite mythology characters. Um, next book that I would consider hook, uh, five stars, Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. So I read It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, which is the Bellin Bellinger Sisters duology. So it is It Happened One Summer and Hook, Line, and Sinker. And I did not love It Happened One Summer. And I think it was just because I didn't particularly love the main female character in uh, It Happened One Summer. I just think that she was whiny. I didn't, I didn't like that I'm better than you type of attitude. So I didn't particularly love It Happened One Summer. The smut, top notch. Top notch, Tessa Bailey, on your smut there. Um... The only thing I will say is, for the love of God, Tessa Bailey, please don't call things a velvet helmet. That tr that gave me the heebie-jeebies. Calling a man's you-know-what a velvet helmet, <laughs> gag. Not, not cute. Hook, line, and sinker, though, captivated me so much more than it happened one summer because you have this sexy, uh, renegade... Uh, fisherman fox thornton who is like stuck in the friend zone a little bit with um hannah bellinger who is the sister of the main character in it happened one summer and she ends up moving in with fox in his spare bedroom while she's in town for work and it's just amazing to watch their relationship develop from friends to more than friends and watching them fight those feelings and fight those urges but 
she has a crush on a colleague who is like the most vapid man I have ever seen in my entire life. Like if I could envision this man, I can just envision like a hipster who is just like my visionary, that type of hipster. So it's just very blind to everything around him. And Hannah is so in love with him, air quotations, in love with him and how amazing he is and how he's a visionary in his work and so on and so forth that she doesn't even look Fox's way until she starts to realize that she feels things around him. And the line between their friendship and their flirtation starts to get very, very blurred. It is such a great novel. I'm smiling so hard while talking about it. Hook, Line, and Sinker was super cute. Um, loved it. And Tessa Bailey, I'm just saying, the paperback version of this has 10 out of 10 flop. Um, I love a good floppy paperback because it makes it so that I don't have to break the spines. And that one doesn't have its spine broken on it. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, next five-star read, and I have this one and one more. Next five-star read is a very controversial, and it was unexpectedly um, good, was All the Ugly and Wonderful Things. Trigger warning on this novel, it deals with some very um, uncomfortable subject matter. I will not ruin it. If you need to check trigger warnings, please check trigger warnings on this. I will say that there is an age gap trigger. Um, this book gave me heart palpitations and the fact that I was so in love with the characters and their character development and the blooming of how these characters came to be, but also so severely disgusted in how gross their love story was. So it really genuinely was all the ugly and wonderful things. It is a wonderful, beautiful novel about love and forbidden love and there's just so much that I'd love to say about this book, but it spoils so much. And it's disgusting. I will say that. It is a disgusting novel. <laughs> um, but read it. Give it a chance. Read it and let me know what you think at the end of it. It is a stunning, well-written novel with some extremely uncomfortable subject content. All the Ugly and Wonderful Things, another five-star novel from... 2022. And the last one is a Colleen Hoover novel. So I'm a big Coho fan. Always have been. I've read Colleen Hoover's novels as she's released them. She's an amazing author, writes very realistic characters that anybody can relate to. And she's not an inherently spicy author. So I have kind of put Coho novels on the back burner after finding spice because who doesn't once you find spice and get into that dark romance stuff. But Without Merit was a book that captivated me on a personal level. It deals with some serious um, subject matter about depression and subject matter about um, being a end, I would say, end of your teenage years individual and having this happy family illusion that needed to be shattered. And it's just a, it's a great dive into how everybody's families aren't perfect and how that affects those around them and talking about Merit just breaks my heart because the main character Merit 
is one of those types of characters that you fall in love with so heavily because of who she is at her core. And the romance takes a very back burner portion of this novel. So Without Merit, I would say, is an emotional Dra emotionally draining novel with a side of romance it's not a side it's not a romance novel with a side of emotional drain it is an emotionally draining novel about depression suicide um the need for acceptance the need to feel like they belong and it's just a stunning novel that is written so well that once things happen in it you just are so gutted Colleen Hoover has a way of doing that with her novels, but this is my number one Colleen Hoover novel. It is not a novel that I suggest to everybody who is looking to get into Coho novels. If you're looking to get into Colleen Hoover books and want a good place to start, my suggestion is Maybe Someday or November 9. Those are my two top Coho novels. Without Merit is my number one Coho novel of all time. I just I resonated so well with the characters and some of the things she said about feeling yourself fading. One day you're there, the next day things are a little hazy, the next day nothing feels right and you just feel numb and then it is what it is. You're just you're just there. Um talking about depression and going through that and I have a very normal family atmosphere and still suffer with depression and anxiety. So I can only imagine what Merritt was going through in her in her life and in her brain. But it's it's a stunning novel that goes very deep into some trigger-inducing um, topics. So if you have trigger warnings on depression, anxiety, things like that, Without Merit might not be the novel for you. But if you don't have a lot of trigger warnings and like novels that deal with real issues and real people and real family ties without merit is amazing in that. So those are my five star reads for 2022. One of the other things I do want to start doing for the end of this podcast, since it is called Death by TBR, is talking about my personal TBR list. So my personal TBR list is quite long. Um, I actually have a Goodreads account and you're welcome to follow me on Goodreads, but I have 57 novels on my TBR list, which is why I called it um, Death by TBR, because I don't think I'll ever get through my TBR list. But what I want to do is tell you guys some of the books on my TBR, and then the next time we have a uh, an episode, I will tell you any new books I've added to my TBR, so you guys can see kind of where what I'm reading. So... On my TBR currently, I have quite a few novels. I have a physical TBR, um, but Book Lovers by Emily Henry and Beach Read by Emily Henry are two that I have not read yet that I do want to read. Um, I kind of want to dive into Tender is the Flesh, which I've heard is an absolutely disgusting book, so I'm really excited to kind of get into that one. Um, I obviously have... Um, the Rest of Throne of Glass on there by Sarah J. Mass. I am in the process of reading that. I am five books in out of eight books. Not a five-star read for me. And I would give it a three and a half, four stars. But I'm going to get through it because I am invested now. I have Confidence of Wildflowers on my TBR. 
Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood. All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers. I have Credence by Penelope Douglas, which I've also heard is tough. A Game of Fate by Scarlett St. Clair. Court of the Vampire Queen by Katie Robert. Blood Mercy by Vela Roth. The Thousand Boy Kisses by Tilly Cole. Perfect Strangers by J.T. Jessinger or Geisinger. Haunting Adeline and Hunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. Uh, Until You, which is number one book in the Off Limits series by Katharina Mora. And Corrupted Chaos by Shane Rose. So that's what's on my current TBR. I do have Archer's Voice on my physical TBR, as well as the Twisted Fates. I think it's what it's called. Twist, Twisted Fates or Twisted Games. Yeah, so um, those books are on my physical TBR. And we will go from there. I'm working on merch for the podcast as well. The next episode will more than likely not be out until January 1st. But I wanted to give you guys a little teaser into what's coming soon. So I hope you guys really liked this and I hope that you subscribe and I can't wait to share all of the up and coming things with you guys on this podcast. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day and don't forget to finish some of those books on your TBR list and hopefully not die by TBR. Bye.